0: America, my name is Amiose Frimpong. I come to you live every Thursday about this time. And today we're going to talk about the biological origins of risk and progress and how that's tied to emotions. we to do this very quickly. I think it's going to be good. So take out your pens and papers, people, because I'm going to try to, uh, I'm going to break down the distribution, the division of risk in society and what that means for us as a people. All right, so one distinction between plants and animals is that plants, are connected to their source of sustenance. They can maintain their uh, uh, metabolism through their connection through sunlight or through leaching um, minerals from the soil and their roots. And they don't actually have to go out and get anything. right? They don't have motility. So animals are, um, characteristically, they have sentience. That means they could perceive objects they can integrate their sense data and perceive objects. They have organs that sense things and they perceive them in in terms of objects. And they have motility. That means they can get up and move and get things. All right. But that's not enough. You can sense something over there. You could be able to get up and move it, but you need something to actually get you to expend the effort to go and get it. Right. And that's where emotions come in. Emotions, get you to expend the effort to their desires uh a petition they get you passions they get you to expend the effort to go over and get that thing over there right and that thing over there is what you might need in order to sustain yourself uh, and be what you are which means you need emotions in order to be what you are but you also what that thing over there means and since it's not connected to you immediately it's mediated by distance it means that anything can happen to you or it, by the time you get from here to there. Which means every every time you expend effort, you're taking a risk. To get from here to there, every time you expend effort, you are taking a risk. What does that mean? Well, uh, it means a lot of things. It means part of what it is to be an animal is to be a risk-taking human, uh, a risk-taking animal organism as opposed to a plant that doesn't have to take any risks. But by the time we're taking risks, that means we've already had the emotions that get us to move and engage our motility in order to sustain our metabolism, right? But um, there's another another emotional level layer that's on top of uh, getting us to move. It's also... Um, getting us to handle the frustration or the success of successfully moving, right? So I need, I have an emotion that's pegged to what it means to actually succeed and get the thing I moved to get, not just the emotion that gets me out of the uh, chair. And, you know, if it's a long thing, it's an emotional life that keeps you expending finite amounts of effort. You only have so much effort, right? Right? Um, and then like in for an animal, you have the you expend the effort, you expend this finite will of uh, that you have uh, metabolic energy. and if it's successful, that means you consume something that gives you even more energy that not only deals with what you've re- what you're replenishing, but gives you a surplus to expend for another shot, right? So it's this constant, um uh kind of uh the cycle includes risk the animal life cycle includes risk in expending effort to go and get the thing over there that we have the power to see and the ability to go and get right we can't go and get everything because we only have a finite amount of metabolic energy right so that's all in the game right but what's also in the game is that in having a distance between you and the thing you need to attain in order to be what you are, that means risk is embedded as a quality of your life. I'll say this again. That means risk is embedded as a quality of the animal life. And with that, I am going to hit the beat and we'll talk a little bit more about this and I'll, it'll get political pretty soon. To the beat, Sounds good to me. Damn changing the waste for the world or the government. If I was a the president then I was take back. You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black, and I can no feature in your buttons. So a lot of people will tell you that you don't have to risk in order to be good. And I'm just saying, like, no, you have to risk in order to be anything. And anyone who's trying to get rid of all of the risk in their life. Actually, is trying to move it on to somebody else and um, secure their riskless life by d- determining everyone and everything around them. This is why you don't necessarily want to be friends with people who can't handle their own risk, because they'll end up putting your risk on onto you. All right. So, what does this mean? The idea that you need to crawl, you need to expend effort to cross space. To uh, overcome the distance between you and the object of your desire. Hey. You want to come say hi to the people? Hi. Uh-huh. Oh, my, my daughter just got home. She's wonderful. I'm talking to them about risk. 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 All right. Say hi, people. Hi. <laughs> How's today day? Good. Good. All right. Uh, give me about 10 more minutes, and then I'll help and We'll talk. Okay? And is there stuck? Yeah. I'll get something for you to eat. Burger. Okay. okay. I'll cook a burger. All right. See you. All right. So, um, part of what it is to be an animal entails the assumption of risk. And nobody can take this risk for you. Nobody, and there's a reason why nobody else feels your emotions directly, because these emotions are calibrated for your action. You have to do it. Now, for animals, they have to do it but it's determined by their physiology, they don't choose to do it, but still they have to do it. The shark that doesn't hunt, doesn't eat, doesn't like, doesn't actually, you know, survive as a shark. All sharks hunt, but it's not as if like any shark can hunt for all of the other sharks. Every shark has to do its own hunting. Like there's a way in which every person has to eat their own risk. We get a little bit um, creative with how we pool risk, but at the end of the day, there's no ineluctable way to um, get risk out of your life. And your ability to try to get an asymmetrical kind of lack of risk in your life ends up being kind of punitive for other people um, who now have to assume your risk. Right? So, risk is how you individuate yourself. There's a guy named Koziev. Who follows Hegel, who will tell you that risk is how we make ourselves who we are as individuals, how we separate ourselves from the animal mankind. Some people say work is, but like, he'll say, work is secondary. Um, risk is something that only you can do for yourself, only you can make yourself risk certain things. And that is how we individuate ourselves. Um, for example, let's say I were to go on the internet and buy a purple heart. I'd go on eBay and I get a purple heart from someone, a down and out veteran, right? A down and out veteran gives me a purple heart. I, I buy one on eBay, you know, I get one to match my, my uniform. And so I get a purple heart and then I go to a military funeral and I meet someone else who also has a purple heart on her uniform, right? So we both have purple hearts, right? So scientifically, they're both the same, right? Right? I have a Purple Heart. She has a Purple Heart. We're both Purple Heart people, right? Um, But no, she didn't get hers on eBay. She got hers through risking her life and getting hurt in war. So there's a way in which the historicity of the Purple Hearts make them the individual Purple Hearts that they are. Does that make sense? Right. So like I can put them both under a microscope that won't get the way that my heart is is different than her heart's. No, you need to actually understand the individual effort that went into making that purple heart what it is, as opposed to the individual effort, me on my computer, that went into making the purple heart I got from eBay um, what it is. Right. So the individuating effort that goes in is actually a property of the thing that we're talking about. And if you try to divorce the risk that goes into making the thing from the thing then you don't understand what the thing is right and there's a way in which the capitalist logic understands this because they we think that like you know the people who start businesses the entrepreneurs should be um uh, uh compensated for the risk that they've taken on whereas the workers who have a secure paycheck get less compensation because while they work they don't really risk so they don't really deserve as much money right the problem is this narrative is bought, bought on by too many, both entrepreneurs who found a way to socialize the risk and get the government to take on the risk and who end up not actually risking their own assets, but risking a surplus from like their family and friends and or credit lenders or whatever. That's, so that's a problem on that side. But the workers then think that they could be good workers without taking any risk as long as they work hard. And that's a problem because those workers are really hard to organize into unions. Right? So in order to be f- treated fairly at the workplace, you need to be able to organize, which means you need to take on a certain amount of risk. You know, I did a show last week about the organizers of Amber, Amazon Labor Union and how, you know, Chris Smalls was arrested. Um, you know, Chris Smalls was arrested. For Amazon called the cops on him for trespassing, although he he was on public property. He they called him on or uh, property that was open, or he was invited to come in, and so they called the cops on him, and that's just part of what it is to be a labor organizer is you have to go to risk. Now Martin Luther King also, depending on who you talk to, his biggest contribution to the civil rights movement is that he destigmatized jail which means that he normalized the idea that yeah if you're gonna if you're serious about justice for black communities you need to be a, willing to risk going to jail it's not the worst thing they'll let you back out um so risk is not only part of what it is to be in human institutions and to participate in human institutional forms of self-determination it's also it goes all the way down to what it is to be an animal because that's what, like this assumption of risk and this effort at work constitutes a distinction between plants and animals, right? So there's a freedom that comes from having to develop the capacities to um, over uh, uh, overtake the distance between you and the food. But it also comes with, you know, but to get you to expend the effort, you need, a, there's an emotional element. You need to have the desire, and that includes the pleasure of success and the pain of a failure or the, the, the dissatisfaction, the frustration of failure. These are all emotional reactions to an emotional endeavor, right? So the business of cultivating emotions is very important. And look, look, with my kids, I got three kids, like that's 85% of my parenting. 85% of my parenting is cultivating a quality of emotional regulation so that they kind of aspire to put effort into and get pleasure out of the right things. 85, and parents who don't take that part of the job seriously don't really understand, you know, parenting. I said what I said. All right, so now I'm gonna go cook my kid a burger because uh, the other kid has a soccer game today. So. I'm gonna get burgers. I'm gonna do some music lessons, help them with the homework, and then scoot them to a soccer game. By the way, if you think them, if you if you appreciate anything I'm doing, and you should, because I'm giving you the kind of stuff that you should have learned in school but didn't. You should go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five fifteen or fifty dollars a month to keep me doing what I'm doing. I have a great interview next week. Uh, Pamela Denise. Pamela Denise, I blanked out on her name because I just, uh, she's fantastic. I, I heard her, she's uh, Pamela Denise Long, Pamela De- Denise Long. Um, I, she's going to be fantastic. That interview is going to hit on Tuesday. We're going to do it live. And I, I heard her doing an interview where she talked about reparations and the problem with, you know, the Democratic Party and the CBC Democrats especially. She was just great. She's wonderful. I'm bringing her in uh it's going to be fantastic that's on Tuesday so that's extra special but if you want me to keep doing this including the interviews and the videos and all of that uh kick in because I take no small amount of risk telling uh the people what they need to hear and uh I think you should compensate me for it thank you for your time I'm gonna go hang out with my kids now peace